0: Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guests are Dan and Brandon. Hi, this is Yarrow and thank you for downloading this episode of the EJ podcast with Dan and Brandon from Zen Dude Fitness, who, to put it simply, make a full-time income from their YouTube channel and blogging all about how to essentially jump rope for physical health. So these are two guys who have built a pretty large following thanks to their YouTube channel. They're both really fit. They both went through a transformation personally, losing a combined 130 pounds in weight. And then they both ended up in Colombia, and started to build this business. So you're gonna hear the story in today's episode of how they grew their following on YouTube. They made some significant changes because things were growing really, really slowly to begin with, and then they made a few smart changes to help get a lot more traffic, a lot more audience from their YouTube videos. So you hear what those changes were inside this interview, as well as all the usual details about how these guys built their website, how they make money, uh, everything they do today grow their business now if you haven't done so already i encourage you to go to interviewsclub.com to sign up for my free email list so you'll get an email every time i release one of these new podcast interviews or one of my solo session episodes that's interviewsclub.com that'll take you to a blog post where you can enter your name sorry just your email to sign up to the newsletter okay here is the interview now with brandon and dan enjoy Today I have a couple of guests on the line with me to talk about their online business in the well in the fitness niche but there's definitely uh, very much a focus on jump rope uh, which is something I don't think we've ever covered before in the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast so I'm very excited to introduce you to Brandon and Dan from Zen Dude Fitness. Thank you guys for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having us man. Super appreciate being here.
0: So I love to go back in time and find out how uh, people got started doing what they do, but even before doing what they do and given you guys do something together, which kind of adds a, a different dimension as well. I'd love to see how the partnership formed. But before we even talk about that, would you mind just sort of sharing, are there any entrepreneurial stories before your current business? Like, did you guys have the lemonade stand or the baseball card shop when you were kids or anything like that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I always was fascinated with like, how do I make my own money? You know, at a young age, but never was really successful to anything until I graduated college um, and uh, started a mobile app company with my buddy. And so I got like some beginner success right there, and like had automated income like at 22 years old. Never took off. Um, but that was like my first experience in that space and then I kind of transitioned more so into like the content production uh, phase which is what I'm doing right now is Zendo Fitness and uh, it's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, this this is Dan, um, I actually wasn't the
1: kid selling baseball cards or lemonade stand. I was, I was on a more traditional path up to the age of, I'm 29 now, I was around like 25, I was doing the whole like corporate job, living in New York City, type thing and I'd always wanted to start my own business but um, it was a little bit of a different journey for me because I got those entrepreneurial tendencies I think a little bit later. Um, So yeah, it's kind of interesting how we both came together.
0: Yeah, which is a big part of the story, I'd love to hear. So can I just also clarify, were there any uh, studies? Did you guys both go to college, complete degrees, uh, you know, did any formal education along the way?
2: Yeah, we both uh, were in college. I think when we were both going into college, our priority was football.
0: Okay. We yep. both
2: played uh, college football, and that was, like, you know, when you're 18 years old, and that's, like, where you got most of your confidence growing up. Like, that's uh, something that's really important. So for, I think for both of us going to college, like, we didn't have, like, a main thing that, like, we were going in, and we were going after super passionate about it. was just, like, well, football, and then um, – you know, beyond that, I'll figure it out, and I'll speak from my experience, like, I was very, I I don't know, I'm kind of disappointed in my college experience, because I feel like um, my professors would be so upset to hear me say this, but I feel like I knew more about what I wanted to learn about, which is sports psychology and, like, peak performance, than my professors did, because I was studying all these things and experimenting on myself as an athlete, and uh, that wasn't going on in my school, so, you know. Being out of school now, reflecting back on, it, I was like, "This is a great experience to kind of go from like childhood to like transitioning towards adulthood." But like, would not repeat that experience. <laughs> I have to agree with you. Yeah, no, I was going to say, go ahead. College,
1: like, college was uh, it was good. I didn't. I studied political science and economics, and I didn't use. I actually worked for a little bit for both the Republican and the Democratic parties, and I just realized <laughs> that it was all a, all a scam. <sighs> Um, so then I just decided like, you know, I ended up moving to New York to work for a software company and like, you know, the, the greatest skill I always told people that I learned in college was just how to, uh, like meet people at parties and like not have social anxiety and stuff. Not like the terms of the the course content, man, I don't remember most of it. And like, so yeah, the, the, benefit that I had of going to college was more so like the people skills that I learned mm. and not not so much the uh
0: like academics right now you both played football. did you know each other then? Were you like on the same team or
2: no, we no. didn't it's a trip man. We both played uh defensive end, but uh we were in different sides of the country. I was in Los Angeles, Dan was in Pennsylvania, yeah, and so yeah, completely different worlds at the time just happened to do you know happen to be doing similar things.
0: All right. Well, maybe take us forward then. So you both, I assume, graduate uh, kind of around the same time. And then sounds like, Dan, you went into corporate career. Uh, So how did the paths eventually cross? And is there, I guess, another story of a few years before that happened?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We, uh, I mean, just uh, long story short, we met in Austin, Texas on the internet. I (laughs) found out... Like, I found out through uh, about Brandon through a friend's podcast, um, or not even a friend at the time. It was like, an, it was just some guy's podcast who I knew. Brandon was on there, and I tweeted him and was like, Hey, man, really enjoyed this episode, blah, blah, blah. And then we found out that we lived in the same building. So I saw him one day and was like, Hey, dude, like, do you want to, you know, hang out? And like, we didn't even know at that time that he's the guy that like I had reached out to. Um, So we started hanging out, and then found that out. And it was just like all these weird coincidences of like, you know, yeah, like playing the same position in football, losing around, like a very, like around the same amount of weight. um, You know, same height, same weight, all that kind of stuff. So like we just, we became like immediate friends.
0: Okay, so the weight, uh, lost that actually happened uh, like prior to you starting the businesses, right? That was sort of what you went through personally, and you both went through it. because uh, I, I don't know, I have to, I grew up in Australia, so my uh, my football is rugby league or Australian rules, so I, I don't really know the uh, the, the, the typical body size required for the positions you guys played. Did you need to be big guys for that, like muscly or more bulky, or what was it?
1: We were super bulky, man. Yeah, bulky. we were like what is it in kilograms we were like i noticed we were each like 260 pounds
0: right wow so okay
1: we had
2: to lose like yeah 70 pounds or so uh a piece uh and yeah and so yeah we both went through those transitions completely independent from one another it was interesting because like dan did part of it like with the jump rope and that kind of is what spurred us to getting into jump rope down the road and me i did it the whole like non-enjoyable way of, like, eating six meals a day and making it way more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. But ultimately, when we, like, met each other, like, we were both kind of came... We had come to the same uh, information. You know, we were like, oh, shit, we've been lied to you about, like, most of this fitness stuff. All you have to do is move your body consistently and eat the right amount of food, and that's the game. And because we both, at that time, believed the same thing, like, it was it was a naturally a good fit for us to kind of join forces.
0: So tell me, what were your internet skills in terms of like business skills at that time? Had you created your own website before? And I'm talking about at the point where you two had met and you're sort of thinking, um, well, I'm guessing if, if the story goes at some point, you thought that there's a business here based on your knowledge. So maybe you can take us forward from there. Yeah.
2: Well, I think Dan was trying to do the jump rope fitness thing on his own at first, and I was trying to do, like, this other fitness thing. I
1: started a YouTube channel, like, just making jump
2: rope videos and jump rope workouts. So, he was doing YouTube and, like, you know, I had, like, a Squarespace site built out. I was doing, like, more podcasting and had uh, a website built out by someone else. Uh, By the time we got joined Forces, like, you know, we knew the basics around this stuff, but, like... Had no momentum really, either of us. So, like, when we got together, it was like, all right, let's figure this out. Like, how does this work? Other people are doing this and successful. So, obviously, we can do it. Um, let's just dig in and figure this out.
0: What did you figure out? What, what was the, the secret sauce before you had success that you thought would lead to success?
1: Focus. Focus. <laughs> Focus on consistency.
0: Just take one topic and just beat it to death. So why hadn't you done that to that point? What were you doing instead?
1: I think we were like trying to do the, I don't, and I'm, this isn't just uh, specific to fitness, but I feel like we were trying to do the typical fitness thing where you show everyone like how you work out, how you eat, if you go to the gym, like your, you know, your lifestyle, the music you listen
2: to, you're trying to showcase like, hey, you're like I'm meditating I'm being mindful, yeah. I'm doing all these things. And it's like, well, Everyone kind of does that. Like anyone who's like aware enough to like, you know, watch uh, YouTube videos and like Google things and has Googled the question, like, how do I lose weight or how do I be less stressed or how can I be more happy? All the information's out there. So we realize like it's not about the information, it's about just driving home like a focus and showing people like we're just the source for getting lean and like having fun with this one tool which is jump rope.
0: So am I correct in thinking that you went from talking about meditation, food and all over the place in terms of health advice to here's us teaching you how to jump rope to lose weight again and again and again. Is that what you mean by focus? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anything related to jump rope, whether it be weight loss, uh, you know, CrossFit or boxing uses jump rope a lot so we talk about that. Um, jumping rope for tricks, and, and most importantly, which we talk about a lot on our channel—not just weight loss, but having fun. Finding, a, you know, using jump rope as a fun way to kind of disconnect and get your exercise.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough workout. I've done some jump rope, but I have to say it's not my favorite way <laughs> of exercising. But you guys make it look fun. Um, so take us for then with the business. So you 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 kind of did your r- research to decide that we're missing the focus. We're all over the place now. There's two of us. How did you kind of launch a new business together and even like, how did you choose the domain name?
2: Yeah. Well, um I'll tell you the, the whole story. So actually I, we we're both living in Austin, Texas and then um, in that spring of 2015, I moved to Medellin, Colombia and was like, all right, I'm just going to go figure myself out. But like sh- before that, Dan and I were like messing around, you know, <laughs> indulging in some, um, some bro time. Uh, in the department, and he was, we were just like, yeah, what if we made like a, a business together and we we're like Zen, Zen dude fitness. Cause you know, Zen means like being in the moment and present and with whatever's going on. And we're dudes. Yeah. And we're teaching fitness. So
1: it didn't initially start as jump rope. And I think we also wanted to, to like, I think a lot of people get really serious about like their business name and serious about like, it has all this meaning behind it and blah, blah. blah. And we were just like, you know what? We're about like exposing people to weight loss, but in a very fun way. Like we're about exposing people to a happier way of life. And so we wanted our name to kind of reflect this like, you know, semi goofy but playful, um, you know, concept that just like, yeah, we're Zen dudes. Like you're a Zen dudette, you're a Zen dude, you're someone who's happy, who looks good, who feels good, and just trying to like hammer home that that feeling through it. So that's how I think. Yeah, we'll Yeah. so that. we
2: got to that, and uh, and so we kind of had this idea floating around, and so we kept on trying to do our things while I was living in Colombia for six months, and Dan was still in Austin, and then I moved to, I was in Barcelona for a month, and I was there, I got on the phone with Dan, I was, and we were just talking, I was like, man, I remember this moment, I was like, I had this gut feeling, I was like, man, I think if we just like actually went all in and like tried to do this together, like this could really be something, and Dan was like, yeah, so you like flight to fly to Colombia, and we've actually, we were there for two years right up until um, recently. We just moved to, to Santa Monica and really got moved in last week so this has been kind of like the journey. Colombia was like the build up and now we're in LA, you know, taking advantage of uh, the community here.
0: Okay, so am I correct in saying two years ago, so we're talking like 2015 you're both in Colombia, you're both committing to growing Dude Fitness into your you know, your real business, your full-time incomes. Uh, how does that all begin then when you're in Colombia? What did you guys do?
1: Huh. We just started, just started making videos. Started we, making videos, yeah.
0: That was, I think, like the main,
1: yeah, the first push forward was like, we're gonna make a lot of jump rope workouts and we're gonna learn the ins and outs of video production, and just getting you know this video presence on the internet, and and then as we were doing that, we started to okay, let's create programs around this that people can, you know, who come from YouTube who are interested in purchasing that can do so. Um, so that was like, yeah, we really, I mean, our, we obviously like had a lot of things that we tried at the beginning, but I would say the most consistent one was just like producing a bunch of content all the time.
2: Yeah, just producing a ton of content and uh, and then, I mean, really we made most of our money just through like coaching, you know, like yeah. one-on-one coaching, which is I think where like most fitness people, whether you're online or personal trainer, start is with that one-on-one because you don't need many people, you just get like a few diehards and that could like keep mm-hmm. head above water until, you know, all the SEO juice catches up and you can uh, build out a larger following.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the people I work with, it's always coaching first. It's such a, a simple way to start, but I'd love to know more about the even just the basics of the the production setup because you know there's a lot of people listening to this who are like, I get it, create content, um, audience shows up they love you and then you charge for some coaching and then hopefully you create a digital product as well. And I'm I'm thinking that's where we're gonna head with you guys. But even just the, like hey, you're in Colombia. what do you do? Do you like have a a room in an apartment you've rented? You go buy a camera, uh, you stick it up there, you guys take your shirts off and start jumping in front of the camera? Is that how this works? Or can you tell us about your setup?
1: It seems pretty accurate. Yeah, it's very accurate. (laughs) I think like we, for anyone like listening to this, we didn't, I think it's important for people to hear like, we didn't go out and buy the most expensive camera. We didn't have like the best production strategy. We still have like so much to learn about production and like how to create like amazing looking videos and like what captures people's attention, like camera angles, all that stuff, lighting. But I think like the first thing that we did was just started making a lot of videos. So that setup was was, um, using the city of, we were in Medellin, Colombia, and just using that like great weather to get out and film in different locations around a lot of graffiti to give it this like urban type of feel. Um, But we were, I mean, we were using iPhones and then a basic Nikon like D3200 DSLR. Um, So not like a very, you know, two stands, like not a, a very elaborate setup, but I think the most important thing for anyone listening to this is just, get some kind of camera and start putting stuff on the internet.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think we, ha- we have this slogan as Zendu Fitness, do the thing, and we both had it tattooed on ourselves, and it's because we just believe that the biggest issue with most people is that they don't just do the thing, they don't just take action, because yes, we didn't have the best production strategy, yes, we didn't have like the best gear, yes, we didn't know exactly where we were going, but like, as long as we kept on taking action, we could like learn a little bit from each one of those experiences, whether it be on the content side or on the you know optimization side of how to get more people to see your content, or how to be more charismatic on video. So it's just like just doing, doing, iterating, doing, iterating, and yeah, and and we still are. Like I think we're in infancy, and we're you know miles away from where we're going to be. But just it's just a process, you know, and you got to enjoy it all the way through.
0: What was your audio setup for that the jumping rope uh, around the graffiti early days?
1: Uh little we've always we still use the same mic that we've always used. It's a Audio Technica lav mic with a Olympus yeah, audio nice. recorder. It's like one of the one ones that's recommended heavily on like Amazon yeah. And stuff. Yeah. The total
2: setup
0: that's like 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Okay, so you're you're create all this content around uh, Colombia, Medellin, which I keep thinking of Entourage now because of that in in that series, (laughs) Pablo Escobar. Um, And you got this content, I'm assuming you upload it to YouTube uh, and then what happens? Do people just find it or did you have to do some kind of proactive marketing? What happened next?
2: Well, what happened next was nothing. (laughs) It was nine months of Basically yeah. getting no views. You look at our like, Google uh, YouTube analytics and it's just like no one watched anything really for like nine months. And then like after nine months, like we started to see a few more like views coming yeah. in and very shortly it started to sputter in and then we made some, we figured some things out when it came to SEO about, you know, titling our, our videos and tagging them better. And once we figured some of those things out, we started to see that exponential curve start to happen, but. A big part of that was the fact that, like, we had already made, you know, nine months to a year's worth of content that had the words Jump Rope in it. So yeah. YouTube was beginning to recognize, hey, I think these guys, like, know some stuff about Jump Rope.
1: Yeah, we didn't even have – I'm
2: pretty sure
1: that we didn't have – we had less than 1,000 subscribers for – like, it took us nine mm-hmm. months to get our – maybe even more to get our first 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, I think
2: or, it might have been over a year to get a 1,000, actually. Yeah. So yeah. I remember it was – I think it was – 20. I remember spring 2016, May 2016, we weren't at a thousand yet.
1: Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then Brandon got on Ninja and like Wizard on the uh, like SEO side of things, and that's when he really helped us like uh, figure out you know what people are searching for around jump rope, and that's how we were start like started to gain. So we basically got the production side down, or got it down better, because that's all we focused on. And then once we brought more of the SEO side into it, combining those things is what allowed, allowed us to start growing.
0: Well, Brandon, you know what I want to know the answer to. What are the SEO ninja things you did? Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> as
2: you were saying that, I was pulling up the uh, article. I'll send it to you right now, and you can put it in the show notes, because I basically wrote down exactly what we did. Like,
1: yeah, um, everything
2: growing from zero to basically. Well, yeah. It's 80K. but We yeah, just hit... So. 100K the other day. Um, But yeah, this was shortly before that. And uh, I mean, it's really what we're talking about in this call. You know, yes, there are tactics involved, but at the end of the day, it's like who's willing to be focused and consistent. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm sure you've heard that everyone who's here this, like, you want to listen to any podcast where you're trying to be inspired by someone who's like created this epic brand that you follow or this company that's super inspiring. It's like, it's the same story over and over again. Someone was just willing to be focused and consistent for long enough to see
0: things through, and that's that's the game. There's gotta be a difference though, and I thank you very much for the handout, because I'll, I'll share that with everyone in the show notes for the, the details, but I am kind of curious because, you know, you'd spend a year putting out all this content, and you've been told that's the secret, focus and put out a bunch of content, but then you're struggling to get to your first 1,000 subscribers, uh, and then you know you learn some some skills there 's got to be um, you know like a couple of tipping point tips maybe you could share with us just now for the sake of the people listening. Is it a case of just using better you know titles for the names of the videos and and doing a bit of research into what people search for on YouTube around the subjects that your videos are about? And I really want to especially know with your subject because, you know, how many different ways can you use jump rope in a headline for a video? You must have struggled a bit there to keep varying it up. Or is it a case of, you know, jump rope to, you know, gain muscle or jump rope to get ready for your wedding day or jump rope to, you know, I don't know if if you're an Indian to lose weight, like I don't know how niche you can get with the different terms you did. Is that kind of how it goes?
2: Yeah. Dude, that's exactly how it goes, man. Um, yeah, so it's it's doing things like um, YouTube basically tells you what the biggest search terms are for for your niche if you like type in whatever your keyword is, like and hit the space bar. It's probably going to give you like some suggested video titles. So, we just started like, you know, assassins going after every single suggested search phrase that YouTube gives us, gave us that had to do with anything to do with jump rope, and so we just did that. And like, we give all this away because like we think that like as jump rope grows, like we're gonna grow. So we actually want people to take more action and help make this a bigger movement. But it doesn't matter what niche you want you're in. Like this, this stuff is all the same. Like if you want to have like a badass pottery channel on how to make the best pottery, it's like start typing those keywords into YouTube in different phrases. Think about what people might type in. And YouTube will tell you, like, it will have a drop down menu telling you all the videos to make. So make those videos and then uh, make good videos because your videos suck no one's going to want to watch them. But make good videos and then uh, eventually people are going to, you know, watch them. Mm. And I'm not trying to discourage anyone by saying, like, make good videos because, like, our videos, you know, kind of sucked when we started. But it's just Yeah, they sucked. At the end of the day, like, you only get good by making them. So you just got to stay consistent.
0: Mm -hmm. So how much pressure was there for you guys to make money from this? Because I'm thinking Colombia must be a little bit uh, cheaper than the States to live in. But did you you have pressures? Like you're thinking, man, we got to start getting some clients or start selling some affiliate products or something at some point during that, that first year?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because like we didn't have, even when we started to grow our YouTube presence, like we still weren't you know, like making a lot, like, I, you know, we were using a lot of savings and stuff like that. And even though Columbia is, yes, uh, a lower cost of living, I think we were both in our heads just thinking like, okay, well, this could work for like a year or two. But like, what what happens after that? Like, we have to come up with like a legitimate business that's gonna like, you know, it's gonna help us like follow our dreams for, the, for decades, you know, so like there was that pressure of like, we think we have a good idea with jump rope. We think people are catching onto to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of – I don't want to say like the – like I don't want to paint like a bad picture because, dude, we had so much fun. Like we, we've we had so much fun growing this. But, like, that whole first year was kind of nerve-wracking at the same time in terms of like financially. Yeah,
2: for sure. The first year and a half really, you know. It's yeah. Like, Like, we definitely got to a point where, like, Dan was coming from his corporate job, so, like, he was able to put some savings away, but, I mean, we got to a point, and, like, I was, like, coming out of a place of, like, living in in Austin and, like, not really ever, like, able to take my app company to the next level, so, like, just getting into an uncomfortable situation with money, and so, like, we were not in a great situation with finances by any means. Like, it was... It was like this constant balance of like, okay, I feel this like debilitating anxiety because I don't have any money, but I have to be super positive. And I have to live, I have to live the uh, the message we're trying to portray to people and show them that like uh, this fitness thing can be fun and enjoyable, and you can make it work, and this lifestyle works. So we just kind of like believed it into existence, really.
0: Can you take us through maybe like how you started to get that first income stream coming through?
2: Yeah, man, it's just attention. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, it's just attention. Like, our YouTube videos got more attention. So that went across our social media that, you know, went to our email list. And yeah, I think the direct, like, thing that happened, though, was, like,
1: Brandon started to, like, do, like, you took a course that was created by a friend of ours um, that basically just said, like, this is how it it explained SEO. SEO in like a very a very concise very good way. And we just started to apply that to our YouTube channel and once we did that that's when views just start like what was that we did a video called how to jump rope like a boxer and that just like took off and then we realized oh this is how you know we're going to get like having the funnel already set up and everything. Yeah. We just had to get more views on our
2: channel. Mm-hmm. And that really like the started funnel was it. there, you know, it was just a matter of like the attention.
0: Okay, yeah, can you maybe take us through the funnel then? When you say that was there already, did you grow an email list, have the blog, all that set up while you were doing these videos?
2: Yeah, yeah, so the e- all the YouTube videos were just funneling people into our, like, our free four-week challenge that we offered. We've had like, the same option for like over like a year and a half. So we used to sell the four-week challenge and then we were like, wait a minute, this is everyone's favorite thing, let's just give it away for free. Um, because that was our thing, you know, we started really thinking about our community in a way of, like, these are our best friends, like, what do they want from content, what kind of stuff do they need to, like, actually make the transformations that they want, and so, yeah, we gave away everyone's favorite product for free, so our email list went up, you know, in the percentage of subscribers often in, along with the... The, uh, the YouTube channel growing and so all that was kind of like a perfect storm to lead to like our autoresponder where we have digital courses and then you know also we have this email list that's growing that we're able to leverage and uh, you know share with them the products that we're using through like affiliate relationships.
0: Okay, okay. you kind of jumped ahead a few steps there. We're talking about courses and I, at some point you were selling coaching first so Maybe could you bridge the gap there? Like, did you write an email follow-up sequence after people, you know, discover a video, opt into your email list? They get a series of emails. Are you promoting yourselves first as, you know, one-on-one coaches? And how did that work too? If you're in Colombia, did you only target Colombians, or were you doing somehow video coaching?
1: Yeah, just Skype. Yes, yeah, Skype. Because they're on. Yeah, they're on Central Time, so it actually worked out pretty well. We just had to make sure that we had decent internet, which was kind of a struggle at times, but
2: yeah, so we weren't like teaching people to jump rope via video, we were just more teaching them, you know, how to stay consistent, and you know, most of this stuff is a, mind, a mental game, um, getting them to stay consistent, so coaching them through that, and uh, so we had the one-on-one coaching, but it's like, you, you know, you can only scale one-on-one coaching so much, as fulfilling it is to work with people, like, it just like isn't scalable, so as soon as we could, we transitioned from offering one on one coaching to uh, just creating, you know, digital programs which are like PDFs with like portals and videos, uh, teaching all the jump rope stuff and actually having all the tutorials for jump rope and you know, basically taking someone where they could like just go through our course without us ever talking to us and like get all the information they would get on our one on one programs. And so yeah, we built that out along with an autoresponder to educating people about um, the course we had, and that's kind of the funnel we've had set up here for, for a good amount of time now.
0: So, um, well, a couple of questions. I'd love to know, and everyone always wants to know the answer to this. What technology do you currently use to put all this together? Are you on like a drip or a convert kit, and what, how are you delivering you know, paid content? Are you hosting on WordPress for your blog? Uh, you know, could you fill in the gaps there for technology?
2: Sure, um, I think Dan and I are the first people to say that we don't really think it's about the technology so anyone who wants to get caught up on these tactics like you're you're welcome to but this should be the last thing that you think about um, we use click funnels to host our uh, membership portals not necessarily like, the best option, not the worst it's just what we have right now because we haven't had anyone build anything custom um, we use active campaign for for email uh, management just because we outgrew um, using Aweber. So we used to be on Aweber and we graduated to app campaigns, so just a little bit more sophisticated. But, you know, if you're just getting started, you should just make, you know, do everything as cheap as you can and just get something and you can always build stuff out. Don't worry about the whole back end until you, you start to get some momentum.
0: And uh, blogging, WordPress, or your website?
2: WordPress. yep. Awesome. WordPress.
0: Okay, so I'd love to know a little bit more about how you guys work together in a partnership, because that's a little bit different to most of my previous guests. Uh, I had a partner in one business, and you know, we had maybe a three-year partnership, but eventually we went our separate ways to start new projects. How are you guys finding working together? How do you make decisions? You know, do you divvy up roles so one person's handling something and the other person's handling something else? How does it work?
1: Yeah, we, we, div- we definitely divvy up roles. I mean, to be honest, like, it's a it's a fantastic partnership. Like, we're best friends, we, we have tough conversations, um, we talk about everything. Uh, so I think, like, in that sense, a lot of people, I, I, I feel like we've run into a lot of people who are like, oh, like, how's it having a business partner? You gotta be really careful, blah, blah, blah. And, and you definitely do. Um, but I would actually encourage people To if if you have people that you are like, like it's much easier to start something with someone else who shares the exact same vision because then you always have this other, basically like a clone of yourself who's like, you know, you can motivate each other when things aren't going as well. um, And you're just like always bouncing ideas off each other. But the way that we attack it is like we do, we're very good about splitting, and we're always learning, but splitting up the roles of the business. I would say Brandon is more of like, the CEO, like, operations, like, let's do this, business development, let's reach out to this company, whereas I'm more of, like, you know, whatever title you would want to give to someone who would own, like, the creative aspect of, like, I'm obsessed with the production of our videos, and how do we get better at that, how do we make things look, look more like Nike commercials, how do we, you know, who should we we be doing, like, a what types of videos should we be doing to get more views
2: and stuff like that, um,
1: so anything
2: you want to... Man. Yeah, it's just um, I think a huge thing for us was we did this exercise called playing to win, like in the very beginning of our business partnership, and we got it clear. We're like, what is winning to you? And we both like decided upon like what it was for each of us. So now, and we, and this, this, you know, you evolve as people, so this changes over time. But like we're always keeping each other aware of like what winning is to us because. Even if it is slightly different, that's how you can like divvy up the roles and have someone doing more stuff that they want to do, and making sure that like everyone's you know we're both fulfilled with the the work that we're putting in. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what what is winning for you guys now? If you don't want me asking,
2: yeah, yeah. winning for us is uh, just having complete freedom and getting to spend time with people that we enjoy and building this movement. You know we. We're both just so passionate about what Zendu Fitness is and what it means and the community we built. So, winning is just like putting our heart and soul into this and continuing to uh, move towards growing it. And so, like, when you think about tactics, like, well, winning and, you know, I love like biz dev stuff. And so, like, for me, some days is like, winning is like, okay, I'm going to go have the freedom to like make make a video with Dan, but also I'm going to spend some time. Um, connecting with some people and you know for Dan it might be like okay well um, we're gonna shoot but for me it would
1: be like yeah how do we like you know learning something new for editing or learning about like a new type of camera that can produce this quality of shot or something like that like just having the the freedom um, to focus artistic yeah artistic freedom to focus on uh, like the production side of things Mm
0: mm-hmm and what are you guys most excited about in, in terms of the, the future growth of your business?
1: That's a good question. Everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, say a better answer than everything, but that's what <laughs> like, I do. Yeah.
0: I mean, I,
1: wait, let me. Go ahead. I think, I think, I think Brennan would agree with this. I just, I, for me, what's exciting is I, I really feel, we really feel that, Like jump rope is something that is growing as a sport and we're seeing more buzz building around it. We're seeing more people when we go out to the beach and jump rope, you know, other people are doing it. And it's kind of being brought back from the days of, you know, playing on like the kindergarten playground. And so for like, you know, one thing that comes to mind is like the excitement of this whole new, like when yoga got really big, we see jump rope as having, having a similar effect um, so for me it's exciting to see that growth of like this new, not necessarily new, but alternative way of exercising that is going to be brought into more of like a sport. Yeah. Cool.
0: Agreement there, Brandon?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, jump rope is, you know, like some people who listen to this may be like, yeah, whatever, like no one jumps rope. But, uh, we just see through the analytics that like more people are just watching jump rope videos. because. We basically exhausted the jump rope market pretty quickly. Like people were searching for the videos and like we're just growing the market as time goes by. So like the more we grow, the more jump rope grows and so it's it's a super cool thing to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: Can you see this becoming like a, a late night infomercial education type product there?
2: Um, oh. Hopefully not. <laughs> I think it's just going to be like um for example, our, our partners we work with over at Crossrope who make the jump roads we use, like they just gotten like an, into a deal with like Equinox where they're gonna be teaching uh, jump rope classes there. And so like it's re-emerging as like a you know a trending, more popular form of alternative movement. And so we think that that's just gonna permeate everywhere, right? So like I'm sure there's gonna be more products that are coming out with it, you're gonna see more, you know, fitness. Classes at your local gym around jump rope—it's just going to be—it's going to be everywhere. Mm,
0: it's like cycling came into it, like you said, yoga. Um, yeah, awesome. Now you did yeah. remind me of something. Uh, I want to ask you about the jump rope product because you have a mix, don't you, of digital products and physical products? With you sell the actual ropes, which makes complete sense. Can you maybe talk about even just how you find selling digital courses and even the coaching beforehand? and the, the jump ropes now like do you like the mix do you would you advise people you know stick to digital first or maybe try to do physical first now that you've had the experience with both
1: digital first yeah digital, digital. first for sure um but one thing you know like brendan and i do talk about is the the fact that there's so many digital products out there that we've you know noticed that having we're not telling everyone to go like start doing the whole manufacturing thing but like having the ability to sell a physical product has made our brand much stickier and we think it does have something to do with the fact that the the mar- like everyone is selling like hey buy my course like that that market for online information is becoming very saturated so we want to keep like keep that influence but start selling things that are like someone you know instead of thinking i could maybe have this and like a, a course might be nice to go with my workout video, it's like, oh, I have to have this jump rope to to participate in this event, you know? So, like, uh, we think it's a little bit more sticky with, like, the physical side of things.
0: Right, like creating a bit of a movement around not just the coaching and and what you do, but the product itself kind of all reinforces it. Um, Could you tell me a little bit about selling something like jump rope? Like, how did you guys go about doing that? Because it feels like it's a bit of a, a personal tool for you that you really would want to get tailored for selling to your community is that right
1: yeah i think we got really lucky we we got like i was using this jump rope called the cross rope and honestly like it was just the best best rope so i used it and like i wrote i made a video about it and that that's the company who we have this partnership with now because they reached out and we're like, hey, we saw you did this review, thank you. Um, and really, it was just easy because like every I, you know, we can say confidently like when people say like, hey, I just ordered the jump rope, blah blah blah. Like everyone comments back and they're like, this is the best rope I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So like for us, the the that part of it was actually a pretty, you know, I feel lucky that we got connected with a company like Crossrope who shares our vision. But just instead of like, you know, Brandon and I are the content creators, they are like the engineers creating the best product for Jump Rope.
0: Mm, Nice, so do you, like this is not a case of buying a bunch of ropes, sticking it in the garage and then slowly selling them yourself. You actually have a partnership with this company and when you get orders, they handle all the shipping and fulfillment, is that right? Basically,
2: yeah, well, you know, we're we're still in our infancy, like we're not even two years old yet, Um, so right, Right now we're just doing um, kind of an alternative affiliate relationship. So we we have like kind of a partnership agreement with them to um, you know continue to spread awareness about the ropes and also do some affiliate stuff with them. So it's a little bit non traditional, but it's like a super win win for both them and us. And then as time goes by, I'm sure like we'll we'll continue to integrate more with the distribution.
0: OK, nice. Thanks, guys. So uh, just a couple more questions before we, we wrap it up. There's people listening to this right now who are where you were two years ago. Uh, maybe not in Colombia necessarily. Maybe they are, uh, but they're somewhere in the world. And they're thinking, I'm going to you know follow in your footsteps. I want to create a bunch of videos. I hear your message about focus. I'm going to l- educate myself a little bit about SEO. Uh, I'm going to create a lot of content. You know, Maybe they're podcasters or maybe they're bloggers or... You know, whatever they're using content now you've had the the last two years fresh in your mind and i especially love that you guys kind of had 12 to maybe you know 18 months of not really feeling like this is taking off yet but now you clearly feel like you're you're beyond that stage this is your real business so you can look back over those two years and kind of almost advise yourselves back back then so what Brandon and Dan were like two years ago what you would say to them as they were just getting started what would be like the most important advice you'd want to pass on especially given people who want to create content want to sell digital training products and possibly even something physical down the line as well
2: you know it's funny because I think about like people who like kind of People who took a mentorship role when I was talking to when I was like around like twenty three years old. Um, who, you know, like I told them, like, yeah, I'm trying to figure some stuff out. I want to create some things. And like, I think there's not like a specific advice to give to someone like that. You know, it's just or even like I wouldn't tell myself back then anything specific. I feel like I just be like, yo, just don't ever give up. Just keep going and you'll figure it out because there's not a magic pill, it's not like one certain path, Like you could have maybe done it a number of different ways. It's just it's just not giving up. And uh, I think like that's the biggest difference between successful entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who give up is that the ones that are successful just don't give up.
1: Well, and, and the only thing, I totally agree with that, the only thing I would add to it is the self-awareness. Like mm. also start a business that you know like, you know, I'm just going to be blunt with you, man. Like we, we kind of, you know, it made sense to us like, okay, we're these two like tall dudes. If we like lose all this weight and like, you know, make YouTube videos, it's very visual. That's probably going to do better than me trying to sing a song. Cause I'm a terrible singer, you know? And like, I, I feel like that self-awareness of like, it wasn't always, you know, obviously like we love this and this is like what we're passionate about, but you know, I feel like everyone says, like, oh, just do what you love. Like, <laughs> you do what you love, do what you're what you're obsessed with, but also, like, have an inkling that it's, it's going to work out monetarily as well. And then after you, I feel like after you have those two things in mind, then it's like, never give up. Mm-hmm. Then you have to hammer yeah. this and hammer this and hammer this until it just works. Um, and don't give yourself a... I think we're both pretty like burn
2: the ships kind of guys, like mm-hmm. there's no NB. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the awareness thing. I mean, that is I guess the biggest, that's the that's the game, right? It's just knowing where you should be focusing your time and like we're getting better at that as time goes by, of, like giving up like things and like not having one of us do things that like we're not that good at mm-hmm. and just being like that's okay, like let your ego go and just do the things you're really good at. Mm-hmm.
0: Go with your strengths yeah. I love that. Do you mind if I just dig into one part of that, because the advice, don't give up, it has to be the most common advice I get on this podcast, right? Like everyone says to other starting entrepreneurs, don't give up. Now, you two in particular are, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right, very much tying in motivation and energy into you know yourselves, but also the way you present your content, your videos. You know, you're trying to get people to exercise every day, and that requires a strong aspect of don't give up, right? So you have to teach something with don't give up. You have to teach people how to become people who don't give up. So you know, is there something you can even just riff on around this idea of don't give up? Like, is it a mindset thing? You know, is it a practical thing where you have to uh, have some sort of I don't know, even like a mental trick when things are going bad to not give up? Uh, Or maybe is it a case of becoming robots and just have habits that you keep repeating and that makes sure that you don't give up? What's your advice to really break down what don't give up means?
2: Yeah, I think it's, so yeah, there was a lot of like tactics we actually did specifically to not give up. You know, that's like the overarching thing, but like we both had like, we created a vision, we had a blueprint of what success was, we were very clear on that. We had this clarity of mind of, like, where we wanted to go. And then we asked ourselves the question, who do we have to be to create this? And so we both kind of held ourselves to a standard of this identity, you know? And this identity includes everything to the fact that, like, we both only wear black and white and that we have similar style and we talk a certain way and we have, like, slogans we use and we're consistent with all that. So, like, the never giving up permeates into your identity. You have to become... The version of you that can have the thing that you want, and so we were both like, like I used to read every day. I remember when like we had no money and like nothing was working. These basically like these one line things that said who I was, and I just read them over and over. I was like, I'm this dude. I'm this dude, and like I conditioned my mind. I think anyone can do that to become that version of yourself that can create that reality that you want. Yeah. Yeah, I think all the tactics, like tactics are, are, you know, they're obviously
1: very helpful, but I think they, they can go, kind of like motivation. Motivation is a roller coaster. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. But as long as you have that identity created, or you know, your why, I think that does, you know, that does help a lot of like why you won't. Like when you don't want to do something, you just do it because you don't have a choice. It's just part of your identity.
0: Mm, okay, interesting. So, you, you really feel like it's the identity aspect. You just become what you want to be even before you are as a pathway to keeping that consistency going. That's kind of like the, the mindset you have to have.
2: Yeah, basically, just like what all the rappers say in the song, you know. <laughs> I believe it and I made it. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's a bit more than uh, fake it till you make it though, isn't it? There's a real sense of congruency and belief behind it.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to be that person, you know, and it takes a lot of integrity. Like it's integrity to like do the things that you know you need to do to become the person. Because identity isn't just like, oh I'm a nice person. Identity is like I'm the kind of person that like spends three hours learning how to edit video every day. And it's like, well sometimes you don't want to do that, but it's a part of your identity, so then you just do it and you like put in the work.
0: Okay, awesome guys. Uh, thank you for answering that last question. It's it, it's a tricky one. Getting people to stay the stay the path, you know, don't give up is it's powerful advice, but uh, it's it's the real secret sauce to make it actually work. Um, anything else you'd like to throw out there to the listeners before we kind of wrap up the call?
2: I would just say like if you guys want to connect with us, um, we're Zendu Fitness everywhere. Like we love like we answer all of our direct messages. We respond to every single YouTube comment. Like. Like we spend a lot of time doing that stuff because, like, we sincerely believe in you know the, what we're talking about. Like we think that people can get lean and have fun, and can all be enjoyable. So reach out.
0: I definitely recommend zendudefitness.com as a place to check out one of their videos, any of their videos, because you can see these two guys, of course, with their shirts off jumping around, especially for all the lady listeners and for the guys who want to replicate that look. It's, uh, it's certainly inspiring. So uh, thanks, guys, for taking the time to share uh, your story and how it all came together in the partnership and the business. I do appreciate that. And uh, you know, good luck. I, I feel like I've caught you maybe as you've just hit the first mountain but you've got some other mountains you want to climb that are much bigger so it's going to be exciting to see where you guys end up
1: yes. thank you for having us on Yar. we really appreciate it man Appreciate
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brandon and Dan and you're feeling motivated now to get out there and grow your own audience and start selling your own digital products or maybe even physical products like Dan and Brandon are doing with their jump ropes. Now, if you haven't already done so, please head to interviewsclub.com where you can sign up for my newsletter, which will send you these podcasts. This is a specific for the EJ podcast newsletter. You only get the latest episodes I release as I release them. Plus, I'll send you some of the very best Episodes from the EJ podcast archives. That's interviewsclub.com. That's it for today. My name is Yarrow, and I'll talk to you again on the very next Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Bye bye.